decided I wanted to start right from the very beginning because a lot of you, I, I've never really told my testimony from the beginning. I told it to Pastor and Gary and Nancy back years and years ago when we first met each other. But, awesome. <laughs> but I've never really shared a whole lot. And as I was writing it out, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this sounds more like an adventure story <laughs> than, it, than it does of real life. <laughs> so anyways, I am going to share a whole lot of things that are going on. Okay, there's no children here. Okay. All right. So anyways, um, I was debating <laughs> to give the our version or the PG version <laughs> with children because... Um, but I'm going to keep it to the PG, I think, because um, I don't want to glorify the devil a whole lot. So I don't know who my father is. Um, my mother, over the course of my life, has shared three different stories. At the time, I gave you the story that she had given me first years ago. And over the course of time, she's changed it three times. And so the third time, uh, she said, and I've never asked her questions about it because I thought it must be extremely painful uh, for her to talk about. Um, but she thought that it was important that I would know my beginnings, I guess. So apparently the last time that she talked with me, it sounded like uh, her sister had talked her into going out on a a date, a double date with her, her sister and her sister's boyfriend, and they had this tag-along friend. So anyways, um, and so apparently I was conceived that night, and uh, um, yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. And so anyways, um, the thing is, I really don't care who my father is. I never did care. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I've got God as my heavenly father, and I am so <laughs> so thankful for that because he said he'd never leave me, never forsake me. And I have not wanted for any good thing <laughs> with God as my father. <laughs> so anyways, but that, that was just, I think, a harsh reality of life that my mom wanted to wait till I was grown up enough to probably share that with me. So anyways, my mom married my stepdad when I was three years old, and I found it ironic that I met Paul when Crystalline was three years old. <laughs> so I'm going to talk a little bit about generations and generational curses and stuff that I've seen happen throughout the family. Uh, I grew up in, in a home where there was a lot of physical and uh, fighting and arguing and uh, fighting and threats and swearing and the whole gambit. And so anyways, when I met Paul's parents, they would be talking back and forth with each other. And anyways, Paul's mother would basically tell Paul's father what, to, what he needed to do. And I thought, she's, she's telling him to do something? And he's not mad about it. Like, and I was just kind of looking. So I asked Paul after we met, I said, uh, and started going out. I said, do your parents fight? And when I said fight, I was meaning fists, kicking, punching, knives. Like, 
everything, because that's what I grew up in. <laughs> and anyways, he said, well, he says, they might fight. He said, maybe it's behind bedroom door. He said, we've never seen them fight. I said, I mean, physical fight. I said, have you ever? He said, no. He said, they might argue. He said, he said I don't think we've ever seen them even argue. And I was like a dog with a bone. <laughs> I'm going, what? <laughs> I've never seen couples up until that time. That was just such a foreign way <laughs> to see people live. I had no idea that people could live peacefully together up till I met his parents. So that's a testament to them and to the way he was raised, <laughs> right? And so anyways, um, uh, uh, whenever my stepdad wanted to beat up on my mom or my older brother or sisters, he would always tear the telephone off the wall so we couldn't call the police. <laughs> so anyways, uh, the phone company ended up having to come out. Like usually it's, it got to be towards the end around usually once a week or twice a week towards the end. And I got to the point, my, I was starting grade nine and I missed the first month of grade nine because I... Um, I wanted to stay home. I told mom, I said, I'll just stay upstairs and hide in the upstairs bedroom. I said, and if he comes home, I said, then I'll run and I'll call the police from the neighbors. Because I just got, I was feeling nauseated. And I just, I had the ominous feeling that I was going to come home and find my mom laying on the floor, lifeless. Like, that's a reality. As a 13-year-old girl. So I grew up quick. When I went to high school, um, I went there with a purpose that I was going to get through high school, get out of there so I could get a job, so I could make some money to help my mom. You know, so. Anyways, but my mom, we had so many miraculous things happen on the farm. I wanted to share some of these miraculous things because my mom, God bless her, she was a Catholic girl, but we were able to get rides to go to the Baptist church. So anyways, that's when you didn't need seatbelts in the cars. <laughs> so anyways, the, the church people would offer to bring us to church, <laughs> all six kids of us with mom. <laughs> in a station wagon going, going to the little country church. <laughs> and so anyways, it turned out that um, uh, we would do like Bible readings and they gave Sunday school books and we would do our Sunday school lessons and stuff while my stepdad wasn't home. And there'd be peace in the house. Mom would be singing while she did the chores and stuff. And uh, anyways... Uh, we would read the books of Psalms and Proverbs uh, when, as the uh, things started to get worse and worse. Um, Mom would turn to Psalms and Proverbs all the time, and, and it'd bring us comfort. And she came out and she told us a number of times, she said, if you ever need answered prayer, you always pray in the name of Jesus, she said. 
So one of the, the first miracles that I remember on the farm, I had a gangly little brother that was just a couple of years younger than me. I, I don't remember. Anyways, I think he was uh, three, three years younger than me. Norman, uh, he's passed away now, but he was skinny as anything, just little, and he went and jumped up on the back of the tractor, the little Ford tractor, and there's a, a wagon hitch that's about three inches wide, and it's got a hook on it that you would hook the tractor wagon to and pull. Well, my 15-year-old brother was driving the tractor, and anyways, he was going forward, and the tractor was very loud and noisy, and he was looking around to see what he was doing in that, where he was going. And anyways, Norman had gone and jumped up on the tractor hitch, was holding on to the, the seat of the tractor. And anyway, so my, my 15-year-old brother had no idea he's hanging on to the seat of the tractor, and right behind him, he's completely out of view of him. So my brother's wheeling and dealing because it's like a four-wheeler, <laughs> you know, that he's playing on. And anyways, mom and us kids saw that Norman was hanging on on the back of it, and Norman's going like this as he's moving around. And anyways, my mom's going, stop, stop. And, and all of us are going, because we're going, oh, my gosh. Like, he, he was so tiny. <laughs> and anyways, he, like, he's totally out of sight. And anyways, uh, he ended up, my brother hit a bump. Norman fell off onto the ground. My, the tractor wheel, Ronnie went and backed the tractor over him with the back tractor wheel. And we're going, oh, like that. And anyways, then um, we're, we're waving to Ronnie to stop, stop. And he couldn't hear because of the, the noise of the tractor. And anyways, then he's looking. And anyways, he noticed us going like this. So he goes forward again. Then he backs up because he's trying to figure out what we want. And he, he ran over Norman three times. And anyways, we're going, oh my gosh. And it's right across where his abdomen was, the whole part of the tractor. He's laying on the ground. Norman is laughing hysterically while the tractor's running over him. And we're going, what on earth? But it had rained about two or three days ahead of then. So when the tractor wheel was running over him, it pushed him in a U kind of a position. The mud sucked him down because there was a deep mud hole. So he got sucked down into the mud. So he's thinking it's hilarious. All we could see was his shoulders and his head and his feet sticking out of the ground. And he's just roaring laughing because he thought it was just the best. And anyways, mom, mom was so mad at my older brother. She says, why didn't you stop? She, and he says, I didn't know he was there. <laughs> and anyways, it, it turned out, it turned out that he just needed a good bath to get all the dirt out of everywhere. He was perfectly fine. Like, that's a miracle of God. <laughs> you know, I, I just went, oh my gosh. Like, so many miracles like that. And I realized as I was writing these that every miracle that we had on the farm, my stepdad was never around when the miracles happened. The next uh, miracle that I wanted to share was one day, the sky was an ominous uh, green color and there was tornado warnings all 
all day um, that was happening. And my, um, it turned out that uh, we prayed. Mom had us all <laughs> underneath the kitchen table. And I could hear Jesse DePlantis saying that the, the, the Catholic came out <laughs> in my mom <laughs> because she had us underneath the kitchen table for five hours while the sky was green and the tornado warnings were on. <laughs> and anyways, she went through the rosary a good few times. We were praying over everything. My baby brother and sister had fallen asleep on the floor. My older sister was complaining because her knees were sore. <laughs> Because we were on our knees so long underneath the kitchen table. But I'll tell you, uh, the barns didn't get touched. The house didn't get touched. We were fine. But the, and there was a diaper out on the line. That was fine. But my, my dad had put up three huge grain bins that he was bragging about. He just got them all nut and bolted together. My mom had been after him to um, put the the foundation on, the cement foundation to hold him down, and he wouldn't. He kept running the roads and doing everything else. <laughs> the tornado picked them up and bounced them across the fields like bouncing balls. <laughs> my mom came out and said, oh my gosh, there goes the grain bins. <laughs> she said, oh my gosh. But that was the only damage that came to the house that day and like the... The farm had been struck by the tornado. So glory to God. You know, um, another time, the barns had caught fire. And uh, the three younger siblings were, were up in this drawmow of the small pig barn. The barns were about three feet apart from each other, so they were extremely close. And uh, it was amazing, because my baby brother at the time... He was about two and a half, and he, uh, you remember the ladders that you see? Uh, it was a wooden ladder, and anyways, he could not fit his legs. His legs were too short to climb on the wooden uh, ladder rungs. Well, it turned out he ended up uh, uh, climbing up into the mow with my other brother, um, my younger brother and uh, my younger sister, and anyways, uh, a friend of my stepdad's had come by the day before, and he was smoking a cigarette. So Norm and my brother had brought my two younger siblings uh, with him up into the hay mow, the pig mow. A, a mow is a, an upper floor in the barn. They had climbed up the ladder, and Norman decided to try and show them how to smoke. Uh, straw. And when he lit the match, he told my mom the next day that the fire, it burned down and it burnt his hand and he, he threw the match down in a straw mow. So anyways, uh, we were at the back 50 shocking corn and we were almost finished the field. The kids had come up to the house because they were hungry for supper. And so Anyways, Mom said, go play near the house in the yard. I'll be up there in about 10 minutes. And anyways, but that's what Norman did because he wanted to imitate trying to smoke. Anyways, the, the barns went up in flames. All we could see was black plumes of smoke throughout the, the sky line. And anyways, my mom looked up and she goes, oh, my gosh. 
She says, the barns are on fire. So we bolted from the back 50 acres where we were up to the barns. And anyways, when we got up near the barns uh, where there was uh, the end of the field and then there was a ditch and then the barns, and we got up to the where the ditch area was, and we could hear the kids saying, Mom, Mama, and we couldn't see them anywhere. And anyways, my mom came out, and she says, Oh, my God, in the name of Jesus, which barn are they in? Because we didn't know where it was coming from. And I am not lying. It was like a big gush of wind, and I swear, it was like the arm of God or the hand of God had come down. You could see the, we- the, the weeds blowing with the wind. You could see the leaves flying up in the air as it came. And anyways, there was this big whoosh of wind. And anyways, all of a sudden, there was the three younger kids, uh, th- about two and a half three and a half and four and a half, all coming, running towards mom, just like chicks with a hen. They all grabbed onto her knees and they were saying, mama, mama, like that. But anyways, it wasn't until mom said, in the name of Jesus, which barn are they in? And that miracle happened, you know, and that day the barns burnt completely down. We lost all the animals except for three cows that my oldest brother was able to save out of the barns. But, you know, um, it reminded me of uh, Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. It says, But now says the Lord that created you, O Jacob, and he that formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. What a promise. I thought, oh my gosh. So anyways, um, uh, uh, another, later on, um, we needed to, I wish we would have known about generational curses and, and uh, about territorial curses uh, that, that we could um, have authority over them. You know, um, it wasn't until I came to church here that we started learning about our authority in Christ to speak to those things. And so, anyways, um, um, my mother had tried to commit suicide when she was pregnant with me because uh, she just she just got in such a depressed state. And that, and she didn't know that she was pregnant with me at the time. She said she never would have tried to commit suicide if she'd have known that she was pregnant. And so they kept her alive. She died uh, about two or three times. uh, And they kept reviving her back because they could feel my heartbeat and saw my heartbeat uh, uh, as they were monitoring her. And so anyways, uh, she had, yeah, she had committed suicide or tried to commit suicide with me. And then when I was around 10, 
to 13 years old. I don't know where it was uh, in that age range, but I remember it had nothing to do with what was going on at home or anything. But I remember this one night, in the middle of the night, I just had this really strong compulsion that I believe it was a demonic spirit that just was almost pulling me. It was such a compulsion, almost pulling me, trying to get me to go and climb up on top of the banister of our upstairs um, bedrooms. Um, we had a, ha a banister there. And it wanted me to climb up on top of that banister and stand up and throw myself down to the bottom of the stairs. And I, I kept thinking, if I do that, it's going to hurt or else I could get crippled. And I thought, no. Like, and so, but it was so strong. It was almost like a force almost pulling me to get on top of that banister. And the only way that I could fight it was that I went and I sat down against the corner of the wall in the bedroom. And anyways, I kept whimpering and whimpering because it was so strong, almost trying to pull. And anyways, then I remembered the power of the name of Jesus. So anyways, I, as I was whimpering in the corner there, I was saying, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, and I kept saying it over over and over again, and I kept saying, Jesus, help me, help me. That was all I could say. But I found as I started saying it about the, you know, probably the fourth time or whatever, going through it, Jesus, 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 the strength was coming into me. And anyways, I felt that force leave, that compulsion to get up on that banister. So I, I was thinking about it afterwards. You know, sometimes, a lot of times, people end up committing suicide, and nobody knows why, and they don't understand that um, anything was wrong in their lives or anything. But I'm thinking, if it was a demonic attack like I had, when I was a child, no wonder, you know, that people don't see any signs and didn't know, you know? Because I really believe that if I didn't know about the name of Jesus at that time, I, I would have given in to that compulsion that was just, it was like it was pulling me, almost like it was physically pulling me to get on that banister. So, um, anyways, I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> you know, that if, if you don't understand why some, someone committed suicide, it might just be an attack, might not be depression at all, you know. We left the farm when my, uh, and my stepdad, uh, 11 years later, um, we had moved there when I was three years old, my mom had married my stepdad. And anyways, on my 14th birthday, we left the farm at one o'clock in the morning. So I didn't even realize it was my birthday till three days later, we moved into my sister's apartment. And all we could do for those three days was uh, uh, we slept, we got up, went to the bathroom, might have had a quick little bite to eat, and we go right back to sleep. 
And I think it really was just the stress leaving the body and the fear leaving the body. Because us kids, whenever my stepdad would come home, we'd run and hide. And we'd hide behind the furniture or behind the walls because we, we didn't know what kind of a mood he'd be in when he came home. So anyways, we, we started to become those children. <laughs> No. So we went to church. Once we moved to the city, we were, we were in church like twice a week, Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings all the time. And I would go on Sunday nights too. And uh, uh, people from the church would, again, offer us rides to church. You know what? There's such a blessing when you offer people rides to church. We got saved in the Baptist church when we moved to uh, to Windsor, to the city, uh, later on. And so Matthew 10.42, Jesus said, And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. So when we got born again, that was credited to the people that were giving us rides to church, you know? So there is great blessing in offering people rides to church that don't have a ride. Um, later on, I got married to my first husband, and he was funny and nice when he was sober, but he, he became physically abusive when he drank. And by the end of three years, at six months pregnant, I left him to protect the baby because I did not want my children growing up in the kind of home I had been raised in. <laughs> uh, um, my mom had been a widow in her early 20s, and I was divorced in my early 20s. So we were both single moms in, my, in our early 20s. See that generational curse kind of continuing? And after we moved to the city, my, my sister, my younger sister, when she grew up, she was a teenager, and uh, she went missing for three months. Uh, she had become disgruntled living at home, and she had complained to the wrong person. And I think that they lured her away saying, you know, you don't have to live there. I'll take you, you know. And, and she disappeared. And we have an idea, a very good idea, of who the person was that lured her away. But she completely disappeared, did not contact my mother or anything for three months, my mom did not sleep. She had black bags under her eyes like anything. She was just sick at heart, wondering where her daughter had gone. And so anyways, it turned out I was married at that time to my first husband, and he was driving down the road. This is how good God is. We were driving down the road of this person that we uh, suspected might have been involved in it. Um, we were driving down the road, and anyways, I was just looking at the houses, and I saw my sister in the picture window. And I told my husband, I said, we need to go and get a phone right now. We, 
we, no cell phones at that time. I said, we need to get home so we can call mom and tell her to call the police right away to get to that house. And so anyways, that's what we did. The police went there, and sure enough, she was there. And uh, they had the story that, uh, oh, she had come back, and she had gone to that house. And so anyways, no charges were ever laid to those people. And um, my sister, this is over 40 years later, when you ask her about it, she does not want to talk to these people. She's, she detests them. She wants nothing to do with them, but she, she has never told anyone what went on for those three months while she was gone, you know. So anyways, um, and then I was thinking about it, our daughter <laughs> up and leaves. We don't hear anything from her for two years. In Jesus' name, these generational curses will not continue at all. They are broken. They are, uh, they are nullified in Jesus' name. Under the blood, we have no part of it. In Jesus' name. That's right. So, um, I wanted to share a scripture about that. Hosea 14, 4 and 9 says, uh, Oh, because at the time when um, I wanted to make the point with my younger sister when she went missing, at that point, all our family was backslidden at the time. Uh, they had stopped going to church. I was married to my first husband. We weren't going to church. We were all backslidden. The devil got a foothold in. And anyways, uh, but God's grace and mercy was there. When we started praying over my sister for her to be returned safely, she was returned safely. She showed up three months later safe and sound. You know, in Hosea 14, 4 and 9 says, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. Who is wise, and he shall understand these things? Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. So it's, I want to stress, it's so important for you to bring your kids to Sunday school to learn life lessons, like God loves them, and that they can call on the mighty name of Jesus when they need deliverance from evil. <gasps> I learned about generational curses when I came to New Covenant Ministries. Never heard about them before then. You know, my mom has epilepsy. My daughter and her cousin were, was diagnosed with epilepsy years ago. Paul and I have taken authority over epilepsy. There is no way it's going to have a way into our family anymore. It is cut off. Yeah. The curse is reversed to blessing of good health, spirit, soul, and body. And I speak that over her every meal with Paul and I when, we were, when we're saying grace together all the time, <laughs> you know, um, 
Revelation 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Matthew 18, 19, Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they shall ask, it shall be done of my Father, which is in heaven. Now, just after Candace was born 32 years ago, Paul and I split up. And I went back to Ontario with the girls. I believe that the marriage was over. A lot of you could probably recite this along with me. <laughs> Paul talked me into coming back to him. <laughs> And I said, not unless he started going to church and, and became a godly husband and father. And he did. He, he remained true to his word. Our first Sunday back, we were in church, and it was this church. You know, glory be to God. And I praise. We haven't left since. No, there's nowhere to go. Oh, my gosh. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word here. There's nowhere to go. No. You know, and thank God that we are here. First Sunday that we were in church, Pastor Gary was teaching on tithing, and I could tell he was nervous. His, his voice was shaky, and I could kind of tell his knees were wobbling. <laughs> And that, and he's teaching on tithing. But I'll tell you, we were sure we were so poor, <laughs> we couldn't pay attention. But you know what? We needed that tithing lesson because that was the thing that saved us <laughs> and got us out of debt. <laughs> you know, uh, we needed that. Thank you for being so brave and courageous <laughs> to preach. You know what I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> But, you know, it's so cool that God was so good to teach us about tithing through you, and we grew up together. <laughs> you know, the finances came in together in both our homes. Uh, Philippians 4.49 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation, which means appropriate, mild, patient, be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report— if there's any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me or seen in Pastor Gary and Pastor Nancy, do, and the peace of God shall be with you. Our marriage is strong today. <laughs> we have been together 37 years. That sounds old. <laughs> that sounds like a long time. <laughs> we just celebrated our 32nd anniversary, but we've been together 37 years. <laughs> and it's like the split up never happened, and we are enjoying our honeymoon bliss together. I don't think I, I, don't think I remembered to tell you guys the praise report about my stepdad. 
we learned about five or six years ago, um, uh, just before he passed away, we heard that he had got born again and saved. So praise God. You know, and, and I was thinking about it, you know, God only knows what kind of a home he was raised in, that he raised his children in the same, like in such a horrible setting, you know? So anyways, I, I didn't blame him at all. And uh, so I just pray over my mother that, that she has a, she, she says that she's forgiven him. She says, you can forgive, but you can't forget. So anyways, I said, in the name of Jesus, mom, you've got to let that bitterness go. So I am praying that she will let that root of bitterness go from her. I thought after all that she taught us and that, and she was wondering back a few years ago when I went home, she was saying that she felt useless, you know, and I told her, I said, Mom, I said, you're here so that you can keep praying. Your prayers have power. I said, there's still a couple of the kids that aren't saved or born again. I said, that's why you're here is to pray them into the kingdom. You know, so anyways, glory to God. Um, I'll remind her again. <laughs> uh, Pastor Gary had suggested that we should buy a house 23 years ago. <laughs> we were on uh, one step from bankruptcy then. And anyways, <laughs> I know, the banks told us not to even consider applying for a loan for seven years. <laughs> Pastor Gary comes out and tells Paul, he says, you guys need to see if you could get a mortgage for a house. <laughs> but you know what is crazy as an idea it was, because it sounded right wild. <laughs> so we thought because it came from Pastor Gary, we were going to honor the man of God. We were going to do that word. So we went and got a rock off of a lot, <laughs> washed it up, put it in the head of the table, and anyways, every time we said grace, we laid hands on it. That's exactly what I've done with my daughter. She's back home, <laughs> but I've got a testimony about that, too. So anyways, uh, so the house miracles, though, I'm going to tell you all these house miracles that happen. Um, Matthew 10, 41, Jesus said, He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. We received our house <laughs> because we believed you when you said we needed to try and apply for a mortgage to get a house. We were approved for a mortgage. That's miracle one. Our deck was built for free at no cost to us. Glory to God. <laughs> we left a space for a dishwasher in the cupboard area, and God filled it. We were given a dishwasher as a housewarming gift. <laughs> Brand new, yep, top of the line. We were praying for affordable kitchen cupboards, and quotes given to us were $8,500. We were told that we had to uh, get them done for something like $4,200 or $4,500. And I wanted like a country kitchen cupboard or set of cupboards where it's all around the walls. Anyways, Kent's, we were praying in tongues saying, God, show us where to go because we had to have 
the cupboards bought and ready to get installed before the plumber could come in to put the sink in because everything's on a deadline. <laughs> so anyways, it turned out that uh, uh, Kent's had a great big huge banner, 60% off all kitchen cupboards and bathroom ca cabinets. <laughs> said, glory to God, we're going to Kent. <laughs> we bought them all for $4,200 in the budget, <laughs> within the budget, glory to God. Yeah. And then the next big one was that we had to move into our new house, but the convention was starting. The church convention was starting <laughs> the same week that we were supposed to move into the house because we were booted out, you know, we were renting. So we had to be out of the house by the 30th or, th yeah, August 31st probably because we had to move into our house in September. So anyways, <laughs> turned out... Uh, <clears throat> and like everybody that we knew, all our families back in Ontario, so everyone we knew was in the church, everybody was involved in the convention, so there was no one to ask for help to move. And anyways, Paul's busy with the convention with all the speakers and the organization. So anyways, we're going, oh my gosh, and, and we didn't even consider a moving company because there's no way we could afford a moving company. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all of a sudden, glory to God, we were told that uh, a moving company was going to be moving us and that I didn't even have to pack the boxes, that they were going to come in and pack the boxes for us. And that, so glory to God, God took care of everything. When we were busy taking care of God's business, God took care of our business. And that's the way God does it all the time, you know. Another miracle. I'm going to list these fast now. <laughs> oh, time's going. Uh, the next miracle, I went back to school at 49 years old, and I had said back when I was in my 20s I wanted to be a CCEA, which meant Certified Chartered Accountant, back 30 years ago. <laughs> Anyways, it turned out uh, I ended up uh, going back to school at 49 years old to become a CCA. <laughs> this time, no. Now, though, it means, uh, it means, what is it? Continuing care assistant. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's what it means now. And I said that I wanted to work three to four days a week and make $500 a week because back 25 or 30 years ago, that was, a that was just beyond what I could think of. <laughs> anyways, that was my starting salary when I first started 13 years ago. So glory to God. You know, right? Everything. And then I, got gra I graduated on my birthday on my certificate for CCA. It's got September 28th because they write the day that you wrote your exam. I had to write my exam on my birthday. <laughs> so anyways, it was a birthday present. So my jubilee year for when I turned 50. <laughs> Yeah, so that was so cool. The next miracle, I received my car debt-free because I needed a car for the seniors' ministry. Glory to God. Like, God is so faithful. But, you know, we've been tithing all these years because we were taught from day one to tithe and give offerings and to honor God and to honor the men of God in the ministries and to sow into ministries, to, 
to help the work of God. And as you're faithful to do that, to sow into these ministries and use your faith, God honors your faith. Even if that ministry that you sow into, you find out that there's some corruption or something going on, God is not concerned about that. God's concerned about your heart relationship and your faith in God. And he's going to make sure that seed that you sowed into that ministry will prosper. It is not lost. If, if you sow into a, a ministry that goes belly up or that, that you find out is fraudulent or something, don't be concerned. God is going to honor your seed because you sowed it in faith. You know, so your seed is never lost when you sow it into the kingdom of God. Yeah, and I want to let you know, I received my car on December 23rd, 2019. Now, that December 23rd is, uh, I'm going to mention it again. Uh, I've also received miracles for my hip. I told you that about that before. Um, my hip was completely restored. My knee that was bothered me from the time I was a little girl, that was completely healed and restored. Absolutely no pain. The pain just went. I don't know when, but Pastor Gary had done a teaching on it about uh, everything that has a name has to bow to the name of Jesus. And I took that, and I learned the, the name of the, the joint, wherever that was for my hip or whatever it is, and I spoke it out every single time I tried to get up when it felt like you had to crack your knuckle. That's what it felt like in that joint, and it was extremely painful to walk out. I'd be saying, in the name of Jesus, and it's gone. That was in my 30s that happened. And I'm 62 now, well, I'm turning 62, and there's absolutely no pain. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's old. <laughs> um, no, no, that's, yes, I'm, my youth is renewed as the eagles, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we as a family had prayed over my daughter, Cand or Crystalline's teeth, because her tooth, uh, she was missing a tooth, and God miraculously, um, six months later, when Crystalline went back to the dentist, uh, he said that there was a tooth that had come across the roof of her mouth, and the roots were coming down in the space where he said he had told us before that a quarter of the population does not have that tooth, and that she would never have a tooth in that space. And he said, he said, I don't understand it. He said, he said, that tooth is not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be back further in her mouth, but, but it made its own path, he said. <laughs> and it, it came down into the space, the gap. So she has a full set of teeth and a nice smile to this day. So, so God is concerned even about your teeth, you know. <laughs> My gosh. And then we had protection at work. I tripped on a call bell back. I told you guys about this and went sailing up in the air. I, like I know I came up a good waist high when I 
tripped because I, I walk at a good clip and I just caught that loop of the call bell and I was just up and gone before I even knew it. And I had absolutely no, no bruising or nothing the next day. I was looking because I thought, I've got to have something because I fell on my side and that, there was just a slight, slight, tiny little bruise right there that didn't even hurt the next day. So that's the Psalm 91 right there you know, uh, working. And then um, we placed Candace's picture uh, at her place setting on the table when she uh, up and left uh, and didn't um, contact us for two years. And anyways, <laughs> she contacted us December 23rd, <laughs> 2021, and I thought, wow, two years later, I received the car, and then I, I received my daughter back home, because I preached that other message about Jacob and them, and I said, there is no way we're going to wait for 20 years for family restoration. There is no way in two years. <laughs> and she, when she called to come home, she said... <laughs> She was mad, and anyway, she said that God told her she had to come home. <laughs> so anyways, glory to God. <laughs> you know, God brought her home. <laughs> you know, so if you're believing for something, you keep it before your eyes, just like we've told you, and you speak to it, and you speak scripture to it, and it has to come to pass. God's word always happens. You know, so when the very saddest and overwhelming of life's events have happened in our lives, God's loving kindness and tender mercies have carried us through. He's never left us or forsook us. First uh, Corinthians 10.13 states, There's no temptation that's taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that you can be able to bear it. John 16.33, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when I don't know what to do in a situation, I ask God for his wisdom, and he gives it freely. James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given to him. So anyways, I'm going to cut it off because it's 821. But I just wanted to let you know, you know, that God is faithful. And tomorrow, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You know, a world can fall apart in your life. You know, things can happen. Disaster can happen. But know this. God's word is true. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, he'll never leave you, never forsake you. You've got his promises. Keep those promises with you and believe God for them to come to pass. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.